0: Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So, it's, we've been at disciplines for a while. And sometimes you can get caught up in the fact that you're dealing with a discipline and not the fact that discipline's a means to an end. And I think... Uh, disciplines are a means to an end. And these disciplines are a means to an end. So what does that end? It's about putting on C.S. Lewis said, what I want to make clear is that putting on Christ is not one among many jobs a Christian has to do and it is not a sort of special exercise for the top class. I mean, I recognize you're all in the top of the class. It's the whole of Christianity. We've Culminating here, the outward disciplines, and sometimes I think simplicity, solitude, submission, and today we're talking about service, are means to an end. And that end is being in a closer relationship to Jesus Christ. It's the freedom. It's for freedom that we're going through these disciplines, for freedom that we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I think some of the disciplines... Kind of meld together. If you've been following and reading through, um, simplicity, solitude, submission, service eh, all kind of look the same in some ways because it's about you and it's about your relationship with the Lord. But I want to make sure that we understand that a discipline is a means to an end. You don't train for a marathon to train. You train for a marathon, to run it, and to run the best you can, and to run a time. That's what, you, that's what the discipline is for. So, we're going to talk today about service. This is a quote from Bernard of Clairvaux. Anybody French in here? No, that's good. That's good. Learn the lesson that if you do... The work of a prophet or a servant, what you need is not a scepter, but a hoe. Now, this was written by a guy who lived about a thousand years ago, Catholic priest, farmer, but it's dead on. It's dead on. Service is about using a hoe and not a scepter. So... Take a look at this. There are two kinds of service. There's a a self-righteous service and true service. Let's consider true service first. And let me ask you, and this is not a rhetorical question, what one word comes to your mind when you gaze at this photo? Anybody? What one word comes to mind when you take a look at this photo? Christ. What else? Sacrifice. Good. What else? Love. Okay. Forgiveness. Ah, we're getting, we're getting good. We're tracking here now. It's, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Rebirth. What did we talk about last week? Submission. Submission. I can't anymore without thinking about submission. Christ submitted himself to be crucified for me. That's unbelievable. But he did. And that's what I think of when I take a look. This is a beautiful picture, by the way. I mean, you can Google cross and come up with lots of images, but this is a a great one. So, now what word comes to mind when you take a look at this? Wet, right? Service. (laughs) Service. Yeah. And so, it's the night before Christ is crucified. He's got his disciples in the upper room the disciples are talking Christ has got a bunch of things on the agenda that he wants to cover with them it's the last time he's going to see them before he's crucified and what are they talking about and an argument rose among them which was the greatest this is the, this group of disciples have been with Christ for th- 3 years they're celebrating the passover And this is what they're talking about. Which one is the greatest? Now, I thought about that. I said, isn't that weird? Here they are, talking about who's going to be the greatest. But at the same time, their feet are dirty. And if they figure out who's going to be the greatest, they also need to figure out who's going to be the least. Nobody wants to be the last picked. Right? I mean, who in this group wants to be the last picked? I don't don't think anybody. But yet, if you choose, you're naturally going to progress to pick who's the least. Nobody wants to be the least. So what did the disciples do? They sat there with Christ with dirty feet because nobody wanted to be the least. And so what did Christ do? He took a bowl and a basin and a towel, put it on his person and set the example. So I think one of the things that we want to take away from this piece on service is that service banishes us to the mundane, the ordinary, and the trivial. I mean, you've got to get that in when you talk about service. You're not going to be the kingpin. You're not going to be the leader. You're not going to be the one who gives the instructions. You're going to be the one who does the work. And Christ showed that example to the disciples. Now, it's, it's interesting to me that if you give in to service, it doesn't necessarily mean that you give up leadership and authority. Christ was a leader, make no mistake. And he yielded and got his authority from his father. And he yielded to his father's authority and exercised that authority given to him by his father. So service is not about giving up authority and leadership. But service is about working in the mundane, the ordinary and the trivial. And it's not about who's greatest. It's not about who's least. It's about following God. So self righteous service versus true service. Let's take a look at self righteous service first. And and if I'm stepping on any toes here, so be it. Self-righteous service is attained through human effort. It's impressed with the big deal, requires external rewards. If I'm going to serve, I'm going to be recognized for it. I'm going to be pointed out as one who went out of my way to do my best for others, and, and I want to make sure that people know that. It's affected by moods and whims, results oriented, is insensitive, and fractures community. Let me give you an example. Uh, Let me give you a couple. For 10 years, I worked with the American Red Cross in disaster operations from a national perspective. And I got an opportunity to, in my 10 years working for Mrs. Dole, to be a part of a number of big disasters. And one of them was the Northridge earthquake. Now, the Red Cross is a local organization and all service begins locally. And Northridge earthquake took place in Los Angeles. Los Angeles has one Red Cross chapter. One. It's it's a small city. It's a small business. It's a multi-million dollar business. And one of the benefits, one of the ways that we organized Local chapters is there's a local board of governors, a local board of directors that oversee the chapter and all it does. My boss and I went to Northridge earthquake and we were going on site. We were there within 24 hours. There was a uh, three story apartment complex that had collapsed. There were a number of people trapped and injured, a number of people calling out for help, and there was a number of Press people there and whatever, and we decided that we needed to be there to represent the Red Cross. And we went and got with the board chair, who is a local businessman, good guy, don't know much about him, but he wanted to drive us there. We said, "Fine." We went out to the parking lot, and he jumped in his Rolls-Royce. Say, a Rolls-Royce, by the way, they drive like a tank, if you've ever been in one. Um, I said, Rolls-Royce is not a way to approach a disaster site where the press is and where you're talking about providing services to others. And he he couldn't see that. He said, well, I'm the chairman. This is the car I drive. Yeah, but maybe... Maybe we're talking about self-righteous service rather than service. By the way, he drove his Rolls Royce, but we parked about four blocks from it and walked to the site of the, where the service was going on, where it was being performed. I mean, recently, um, the Red Cross and other organizations were involved in providing service to victims of the hurricane. And one of the things that, that happens in the in Red Cross is that um, there are vehicles that are used to provide meals and provide service and provide transportation. And each chapter has one or two, depending on the size of the chapter, and they're called to the site of the, of the disaster. And if depending on how far they have to drive, they stay overnight. And they stay overnight and we provide, Red Cross provides, trans- provides uh, hotel accommodations and, you know, some of the bigger hotels provide respite. And one of them is with Ritz Carlton. Now, you talk about some things that don't belong with one another. Two Red Cross vehicles And guys getting out, going to the Ritz-Carlton for the night. I mean, that's not an example of true service. Is it wrong? They need to sleep. But maybe it's an example of self-righteous rather than true service. So what is true service? This is a great quote. Nothing disciplines the inordinate desires of the flesh like service, and nothing transforms the desires of the flesh like servant and hiddenness. I mean, if we serve, we want to be known that we're serving. And sometimes hiddenness is tough. True service is characterized by humility like Christ washing the disciples' feet. But how tough is it to serve with humility? That's the question. He said, "Listen, if I serve with humility, humility, if I do that people will take advantage of me, they will walk all over me." And my answer to that is maybe. Maybe they will. Maybe you will be walked over as a true servant. Should that keep you from serving? no but keep in mind true service is marked by giving up the right to be in charge taking on the perspective of a slave not a slave who's forced into slavery but a slave who chooses slavery remember paul was a bond servant of christ he chose to be a servant of christ now if you choose to be a servant of christ you're always going to have the opportunity to be joyful in your service because it's your choice. It's your choice. Now, who in this room wants to be an ascetic? Who in this room knows what an ascetic is? Asceticism is severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. Now, I don't know how close you are to being an ascetic, but it leads to warm theology. Now, what's warm theology? It's not something I learned in seminary, but it's a theology that says, listen, you need to be of such a character That nothing you do is worth what Christ already did for you, and therefore you're lower than the earth. You you do things because you have to, because that's your position, that's your lot in life. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being so self-disciplined and avoiding all forms of indulgence because you're a Christian, that people don't see you as a leader or one who's in or under authority or exercising authority. Now I'm getting to the point where service is kind of difficult to do. Um, But Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says, listen, if you serve, you're not necessarily one who believes in worm theology. But if there is no element of asceticism in our lives, we shall find it hard to train for the service of Christ. In other words, if you're not walked on every once in a while in your service, you're probably not performing the service the way Christ would have you perform it or the way he modeled it for his disciples on the night before he was crucified. Everybody knows Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? So what are some examples of service? Let's get, to the, let's get to the practical here. Hidden service, rebuke. It's a rebuke to the flesh and can be a fatal blow to pride. Who suffers from pride here? Yeah, that's a good one up. Examples of service, small things, guarding the reputation of others, service of being served, common courtesy, hospitality, listening, bearing burdens of others, sharing the message of Christ with one another. You have an opportunity to talk about examples of service in your small group at your table. But let me give you a couple illustrations here. Small things. We have wives. When's the last time you did something unexpected for your wife that actually helped her? Yeah, you put that clause on there and it kind of. Maybe it was emptying the dishwasher. Maybe it was making the bed, folding clothes, doing other things that retired people do that working people don't. I'm retired. Um, Common courtesy. You know, um, Richard Garvik is always watching me when I take Barbara to the car to make sure that I open the door for her and seat her before he's right. I mean, I, she can do it herself. I mean, I, I don't normally do that, but that's a common courtesy. Listening the advice that my wife gives me before I visit somebody in the hospital or before I go out and attempt a mentor, she says, be sure to listen before you speak. I say, yeah, but I'm a quiet guy. I mean, but that's great advice. How hard is it to listen? And do you attribute listening to service? You know... I have a West Point classmate who's in a psych ward now at uh, Bethesda Walter Reed. And I went up to visit him. And my wife gave me the same advice. She said, Before you go visit him, pay attention to listen. And so I went to see him. And I don't know if you've ever been in a psych ward, but but they're scary places. I mean, inpatient psych wards, I mean, I walked into the psych ward and they took my sunglasses, they took my iPhone, they took my Bible, and they took my wallet. And they put it away, I said, well, we can't have that, we have, we're in a controlled environment here. And you can sit with him, but you can't sit with him with these articles in your possession. So I sat with him, and he's suffering severe depression. Good guy. Came on suddenly. But he had had it before. And I was with him for three hours. You ever sat with somebody for three hours? And he's not talking much? And you're charged with listening? I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. But I, I did, I asked him, I said, so, John, I said, you have, this is not the first time you have suffered depression. How did you come out of depression when you suffered it the first time? And he thought a minute and he said, concern for others. I said, I broke into tears. I said, concern for others. John, that's the essence of service. Concern for others. So, Here's the questions. Talk about being least in a crowd. How, if you've ever had the experience, did it feel to be the last chosen for the team? Jesus chose to be least, would you? Have you ever served to be noticed? You can be honest here. Moses was noted as the most humble man on earth. That's true. It's right in Scripture. Romans or Numbers 12.3. Could the same be said of you? What does it mean to be a humble servant? And take a look again at the example of Christ in washing the dirty feet of disciples and what he did there. Have you ever experienced the joy of service, the joy of being a slave, a bondservant, because you want to be, not because you were forced to be? Go to the list of examples in there on your sheet. Pick one or two and discuss. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to consider service. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give each of us to serve as you served the disciples on the night before you were crucified. Father, let us have the mind of Christ in seeking to serve him in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.